When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Guys, that's how Jerry Jones rolls. You're listening to Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Jonathan Saslow. He is Mark Zinno. Glad to have you aboard here. You can hit both of us up on Twitter. I am at Zaslow Show. He is at Mark Zinno. So... Colts general manager Chris Ballard, the Colts fans upset. Jonathan Taylor's obviously upset. I'm not really sure that, I mean, Chris Ballard isn't happy, but in general, I'm not sure that the owner, Jim Ursay, is too broken up about the situation with Jonathan Taylor. Here's the Colts general manager Chris Ballard, and he'll, he'll tell you what all Colts fans are thinking, and that's that the situation sucks. I have great respect for Jonathan Taylor. Um, our relationship, I would tell you, is, look, even when it gets hard, I, I, won't, I won't quit on the relationship. I think too much of the young man. And what sucks, I mean, the situation sucks. I'm not going to sit here and give you some rosy picture like, oh, this is just, everything's okay. No, it sucks. It sucks for the Colts. It sucks for Jonathan Taylor. And it sucks for our fans. It, it, it just, it does. And it's, it's where we're at, and we've got to work through it. And we're going to do everything we can to work through it. Relationships are repairable. They're repairable. I think the relationship is definitely repairable because it boils down to money. Unfortunately, Chris Ballard does not have control of that situation because it's Jim Irsay and it's Jim Irsay's money. But to me, Mark, that really sounds like a general man. Like, it's not difficult to read between the lines there. That's a general manager there who I think is telling everybody, yeah, I'm not really in charge of this particular situation right here. My owner feels a different way than I do. That sounds like a man whose wife is ready to leave him. That's what it sounds like. I mean, dear Lord, did you hear the emotion in his voice? It kind of came right sad. through it. It kind of tugged at your heartstrings a little bit there. Dear Lord, someone get that guy a Kleenex or whatever. But to your point, right, I, I think he's tipped his hand enough to know. Yeah. And I don't know if he's doing more damage with his own relationship with his boss right now by doing so. I think he um, is. But he is openly sort of indicating that this isn't my call. I'm I'm here not because I want to be. I'm here because I'm forced to be here, and I'm forced to be here because of my owner. Um, that's not a guy who's stuck to standard copy points of, you know, organizational philosophies. Like, hey, listen, you know, we we have 52 other guys we need to worry about. This is a team effort. No one man is more important than anybody else. I understand the business aspect of this. We've had several positive conversations with Jonathan. You know, we're going to continue to work our best to try to get things done. But as you know, in the NFL, you know, sometimes tough business decisions need to be made. But we're going to continue to do our best to get Jonathan back here on the football field. Like, that's a standard canned answer that you would expect from a GM. That's not what No, he's there, just that. getting there telling you, anything, you know, this sucks. That's it. This, this sucks. sucks. <laughs> this sucks. Yeah, I mean – and when he pours his heart out genuinely about how he feels about the young man, he's a great kid. You know, he's he's a, he's a big part of our team. Like you can hear the 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 frustration in his voice, 
And this is really the reality of what happens here. This is a meddling owner who has made a decision about what he's willing to do with one of his players. And oh, by the way, folks, Jim Irsay has every right to make that decision. Jim Irsay is not wrong for making this decision. And oh, by the way, Jim Irsay is probably financially and fiscally correct in making this decision. It's just the way it has been handled that has been piss poor. Well, yeah, and the decision with not paying the running back, look, that's that's essentially been an organizational like that's in their track record, the Indianapolis Colts, because you can go all the way back to Marshall Falk. You know, they, they didn't give Marshall Falk that second contract. They traded him and they drafted Edger and James. And the same thing with Edger and James. They eventually moved off of him and brought in Joseph Adai. And now we're like, these are all really good running backs. Two of them are Hall of Fame running backs there. And now we're doing it again with Jonathan Taylor, who I understand he's only been leaguing for a few years, but these are Hall of Fame caliber numbers that he is on pace for. So this is an organizational, essentially, decision. It's always been this way for the Colts and how they view the running backs. But here's where I think this gets interesting, Mark. So on Freddie and Fitzsimmons, here was Mike Wells, ESPN radio host. Also, he he knows the Colts beat. He used to be a beat reporter for the Indianapolis Colts. Here is Mike Wells. This is from Freddie and Fitzsimmons. And he's talking about how, you know what? The Colts organizational issues may have been covered up pretty well by the great quarterback play. I was talking to somebody in the organization earlier today, and I sent them a text that, man, it's just been nonstop drama. And the response was, this franchise had been comfortable for so, so long with Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck that issues of dealing with adversity is something they weren't familiar with. I mean, you think about it from 19, 1998 when they got Peyton Manning all the way up until you know Andrew Luck essentially retired in 2019. They had the cover zone or not. They had great quarterbacks to cover up the flaws on the roster. Right. Now the Colts, nonstop quarterback position. Now they don't have a running back to help out who they believe is going to be their franchise quarterback going forward. It's just adversity, 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 nonstop inside the uh, Colts organization. It is a really interesting conversation to have now, Mark, that Mike Wells brings up there yesterday on Freddie and Fitzsimmons about how much Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck over the last, you know, essentially 20 years before the last few years have covered up the organizational problems. Because look now, after having those two guys, we've gone from, let's see if Phillip Rivers works. Let's see if Jacoby Brissett works. Let's see if Mike Ryan, Matt Ryan works. Let's see if uh, Carson Wentz works. And you know what? It ain't so easy putting together a competent football team when you can't just have Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck in the huddle. Well, he's right. I mean, quarterbacks cover up for a lot of deficiencies. That's kind of their job, right? Like, that's that's not an uncommon thing to say. Uh, you could argue Aaron Rodgers covered up a lot of deficiencies for years with the Packers. I mean, that's, you know, Russell Wilson was supposed to cover up deficiencies on the Broncos. Look what happened. Those deficiencies were exposed. And and the problem here, and, and this is the, the peculiar part about this all, is that you have a quarterback that is not as highly touted as Andrew Luck, not as highly skilled as Peyton Manning, and you have Anthony Richardson in the fold here, and it's one of those things where you look at it and go, why would you want your young quarterback not to have as many tools at his disposal why as make it possible? Difficult? Now, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that Anthony Richardson's development, Jonathan Taylor being on the field, are – Linked, I think they're mutually exclusive things, but one can certainly aid the other. If Anthony Richards is going to be good, he's going to be good because he has the skill set. A running back will only kind of, you know, allow you to turn around. Look, anybody can turn around and hand the ball off, right? 
You're just asking him to do less and prove less initially in his career. At some point, you'll start to find out whether he has the chops to play at a higher level and elevate. So I think those things are different. But it does certainly you know, make you scratch your head that with a young quarterback like this that so many people see as a project and raw that they wouldn't provide him with the most weapons possible. Now, when you have a meddling owner, which Jim Irsay, and I don't know, maybe meddling is not the right word to use, but he's certainly super active. He's involved in the decisions. I mean, he's not the general manager the way Jerry Jones is, but Jim Irsay is clearly involved in the day-to-day and in the decision-making. So I'll ask you here, Mark, are, are we starting to learn that maybe the Colts are a poorly run organization? Um, I, you know, poorly is a tough word. Uh, by, by everything that we're hearing from Chris Ballard, you know, it, it's not his fault. He's not the one in charge. So, yes, if you want to be a poorly run organization because your owner is getting involved in things he shouldn't, yeah, that's poorly run because that's not the, not the way it's supposed to go. So I think that that is 100% fair to say. But I also think that Chris Ballard is trying to run this organization as best he can, and he's got one hand tied behind his back. And that's just not something that is is a favorable situation for anybody. If I asked you to rank the three worst-run organizations – three, let's do three. If I had to ask you to rank the three worst-run organizations in the NFL, who are they and are the Colts in those three worst-run organizations? Well, until we see otherwise, right now the Washington Commanders are at the top of that list. Uh, that might change because of the new owner, but prior to Dan Schneider's departure, that was the worst-run organization in all of football. I think that's pretty fair to say. Naturally, everybody wants to default to the Cardinals. Let's see how quickly they can get out of this before we decide to say that they are a a poorly-run organization. For a really long time, the Lions might have held that moniker. For a long time, the Browns might have held that moniker. Um, of one of the worst-run organizations in sports. I would argue Tampa Bay might be one of them. Other than getting Tom Brady and getting a Super Bowl, what have they done in 20 years? Nothing. Nothing at all. And I think you could argue some of the Raiders' decisions, as much as I love the silver and black, um, they've been a dysfunctional organization for a long time. I'd have to put the Raiders... The Buccaneers and the Colts somewhere at the uh, at the bottom of that list or top of the, yeah, I, the, the worst three. Yeah, I don't have the Colts. I, I think I'm still willing to give a little bit of rope here to the Colts. I'm not willing to put them in worst run organizations, at least not bottom three. Two of the ones that you mentioned there, I definitely have as my bottom three. Number one, Washington, for sure. I mean, Daniel Snyder, it was essentially running him like he was a slumlord, all right? So Washington certainly is up there until proven otherwise. You give the new owners chance, but we haven't seen it yet. Arizona, definitely. Because here's the thing. Go back to before Kurt Warner got there and they made the Super Bowl, which, by the way, they made the Super Bowl that year. They were a nine-win team. It's not like there were some juggernauts. But go back to before Kurt Warner got to Arizona. That organization was a joke for a really long time. And now they're back to being a really poorly run team, it seems like. Just just look at not only the money that they gave Kyler Murray, but the contract clauses in there where he has to study and do homework for a certain amount of time. Like, think, think about them. They gave him that money, and you got to include those type of clauses. And... They're pretty blatantly tanking right now, it looks like, you know? So well, Arizona... But that's yeah. not... 
that's not the sign of a bad organization if you're clearly tanking. I mean, there is a plan in tanking theoretically, right? Like, you just okay. have to be able to get out of it. That's the issue. Like, you can't really answer did the tank work until two or three years after you're done doing it to see if it, re- if it was successful. Because if it's successful, then that's the way it's supposed to go. You've got to tear it down, that's build fair. it back up, and go. That's a sign of a competent organization. Like, the 49ers are a highly competent organization. We talked about this. You dump Trey Lance, you move on, cut bait, and you get somebody else, and you're, you're good to go. That's fair. That's fair. And, and, and for a third team... If you were to ask me this two years ago, and you didn't ask me this two years ago because I didn't know you, Mark, but if you were to ask me this two years ago, I would have had the Dolphins on this list because for the better part of 15 years, the Dolphins were a laughing stock. I mean, it was just embarrassment after embarrassment after embarrassment, but they're actually really well-run these last couple of years. So, I, I think we but, have to put Cleveland in here. I mean... Baker Mayfield was a flop, okay? Mm -hmm. If this Deshaun Watson thing doesn't work out and they have to get a new quarterback within the next two years, they're they're dead against the cap with this guy. And I shouldn't say that, but there's always ways around it. But it's going to be a bad cap situation. And furthermore, you know, outside of a random playoff appearance here and there, they are a picture of ineptitude. They've lost 19 straight season openers. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I mean, you know, like this is not a, a franchise that is out of the woods yet by any stretch of the imagination. Just because you've stockpiled talent, uh, because you've been bad and at the top of the draft for years, doesn't mean you're a good organization. Well, and usually a well-run organization, and here we're using the example of Cleveland not being a well-run organization, but usually a well-run organization, they will put a specific value on certain players when it comes to paying them. And if we could meet that value, then we wind up signing said player. You don't make a player an offer that he can't refuse in order to come play for your team, which is what they did when they guaranteed Deshaun Watson $250 million. He didn't want to play for them. Did not want, crossed them off the list. Did not want to play for them. And the way that they convinced him was they had to make him the godfather offer. And look, look at this money. It's all guaranteed. You're the highest paid player ever. You can't possibly say no. And look at the situation they're in right now. Forget all the, you know, bad pub that comes along with Deshaun Watson because that's his story and you got to mention it anytime you're talking about the guy. But man, if the first year is an indicator of what's to come, and I get it, it had been a couple years since he played, but man, Highest paid contract in the history of the NFL, and that production they got out of him last year, yeah, I'd say that's probably a good one to put in the bottom three there as far as poorly run franchises, and that would be the Cleveland Browns. Now, here's a question, though. This is interesting. So some of the teams that we mentioned there, or, or, you know, like a team like Arizona, poorly run, they were in a Super Bowl not too long ago. I know they didn't win it. But then there are some other really, really great organizations, like, say, Baltimore Ravens or... Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, the Steelers. When's the last time the Steelers won the Super Bowl? It's like it was what oh nine ish, maybe ten. Does that sound about right? Yeah, last oh nine. Yeah. And we all know San that's Antonio a Holmes. That's a great organization. I mean, very well run. Well, it's it's been thirteen, fourteen years since they've even been and won a Super Bowl. So, would you rather be a consistently well run organization, a consistently good organization? You're in the playoffs every year, maybe even win a playoff game every other year. You're always good, but you never actually win? Or 
Would you rather be a really poor... Like, what if the New York Jets go to the Super Bowl this year? New York Jets have historically been a terribly run organization. But let's say they got that one year, lightning in a bottle this year, and they go to maybe they even win the Super Bowl. And then they go back to being really crappy. Which would you rather? The well-run organization where you got a chance every year that doesn't win the big game? Or, man, we... uh, we, we, we finally got one amidst all these terrible years, and then we go back to being terrible. Which would you rather? I mean, yeah. everybody's going to say, give me, the, give me the chip, right? Give me the championship. I'm more of the that, easy. that I, I, look, the Baltimore Ravens have won one Super Bowl in the last 22 years, right? 23 years now, 2000. So, you know, one Super Bowl in, in a – in a uh, in, in a two decade span, okay, they're there every year. They give themselves a chance every year. Like yeah. if you're only giving me one, right, and a chance to to win one every other year, I want that consistent ability to be in the conversation every single year because you never know what's going to happen. If you if you push all your chips to the center of the table once every five or six years, I'll have the Miami Marlins win it and yeah. then stink. Why do I want to? Why do I want to? Inv- I would show up for the playoffs, and that's it. You'd never have my fan loyalty ever. We talked earlier about rooting for two teams. Well, if you do, then I'd start rooting for the other team because, in order to keep my fan loyalty, uh, Yankee fans, look at them. One World Series since two thousand one, but up until the this year, they're always in the playoffs. Years. Well, right, they're there every year. What would you rather be? I think twenty nine of the teams in Major League Baseball would take one World Series in 20 years of missing but still being in the playoffs every year than what the Marlins had. Yeah, yeah, I, I like I, I live it down here. The Marlins are dreadful every – matter of fact, th- I mean, this year they, they were 14 over at the All-Star break, and now they, they refuse to win. But they're terrible every single year, and I got to experience it as a fan 20 years ago winning a World Series – I, I'd I'd rather my team be in it every si- like you would think it's easy. Oh, give me the championship! Cha- it's all about championships. I think I'd rather get amped up every single year, thinking I'm in it, thinking I got a chance, even if we wind up coming up short. Like I don't I don't think it's such an easy question to answer. No, coming up, I, I mean, like I was gonna say real quick. Even look at the the, the Cowboys, right? They haven't won a Super Bowl mm-hmm. in 25 years, but they're there every year. Wouldn't they're you rather be them and be in the conversation? And they're interesting, 100. percent Yeah. Coming up, an ESPN NFL front office insider believes the Rams will break up their core. We're talking Stafford, Donald, Cup. Would you go all in to get one of those guys? What would you give up for Aaron Donald? We'll get into that after Zinno has this from Indeed. Ah, the weather may start to cool off soon, but luckily your business, it's staying hot. And if you need to hire, then you need Indeed. Their all-in-one hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates with tools like Instant Match. The moment you sponsor a post, you'll instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job description. You can even schedule and conduct interviews all from the Indeed website. Visit Indeed.com slash credit to get $75 toward your first sponsored job. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Mark Zinno. I'm Jonathan Zaslow. Good to have you aboard here. So Adam Schefter, at Adam Schefter, reporting on Twitter. Sean McVay said wide receiver Cooper Cup has suffered a setback with his hamstring injury. He is now day-to-day. Man, Mark, it, it feels like forever ago where Cooper Cup was this unstoppable force at wide receiver. And now there's always some there's like there's always these lingering soft tissue injuries and I don't know man I don't I don't know what's going to wind up becoming of Cooper Cup going into this season it feels like look he's only he's only 30 but it really it am I alone thinking it feels like a long time ago that he was actually Cooper Cup wide receivers on the wrong side of 30 never tend to do well I mean he's probably definitively on the downslope of his career at this point in time I'm not sure that you'll ever get that guy back again that was part of that Super Bowl team that was so critical to them winning the Super Bowl. Um, a guy who just clicked with Matthew Stafford immediately and changed the, the the entire complexion of that offense. So this is bad news. For a team that in the Rams that I thought, you know, might be able to make some noise here, heck, I, I mean, this is the kind of news that might take me off them week one against Seattle because I'm not high on Seattle. I thought the Rams might be able to steal a win there. Um, but this changes things. If they don't have him in the offense – Matt Stafford alone isn't enough to win. You know, I feel like it's it's usually it's usually a team that loses the Super Bowl that jumps off a you know falls off a cliff. The Rams won a Super Bowl, and it feels like they're, they've fallen off a cliff since. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, he was on Get Up earlier this week. Give this a listen. He thinks the Rams could. I mean, it could be straight up a fire sale depending on what happens at the deadline. The big three of Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, and Cooper Cup. I think it's going to be broken up by Halloween via trade. When you look at how they played this preseason, it was catastrophically awful. And to me, they know it. They know where they're going. So if they can get value for one of those three players, I think by Halloween, Greeny, one of these big three will be gone, if maybe not more, two or three of them. I I don't I don't think it's crazy. So let's... Let's play a little game here, all right? Maybe we are approaching Halloween. Those are major names, Stafford, Donald, Cup, and maybe the, you know, 
they're they're in the cellar again. The Rams, and you got a team out there who, you know what? Let's give the Rams a call and let's see what we could snatch away from them. Let's let's bring aboard our producer here, Shannon. Mm-hmm. Shannon's behind the glass. He's in front of a microphone. Hello, Shannon. How are you? We are doing well, gentlemen. What about yourselves? Good. All right. Great to Wonderful. hear. All right. So look, I'm going to give you a player. You got to tell me whether or not you're willing to go all in for this name NFL player before the trade deadline. Where now it's all in, all in like me, and I'm giving you a first round pick. Yeah, Is that well, all in? Yeah, in the first round in that conversation. Yeah. First okay. round pick right. in that conversation. All got right. It. So look, you just mentioned the Rams. Zaslow, I'll start with you there. Matt Stafford, you willing to give up a one for Stafford? No, no. I, I don't know that I would trade anything for Stafford because if the Rams are in a position where it's fire sale time, it's because Stafford has been terrible. Like, I don't see a scenario where Stafford is playing good football again and the Rams are saying, hey, we're open for business. Take anyone you want. So, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not making a call about Stafford. Shannon, I wouldn't give somebody else's first-round pick for Matt Stafford, let alone one of my own, Okay. Um, first of all, quarterbacks are impossible to move midseason. But he's old. He's broken down. I'm not saying he's a bad player. But Matt Stafford, once again, has proven that he's kind of not the solution. Right? Like, won a Super Bowl, yeah, but they had to put together a super team around him to do it. Uh, so, no, I pass on Stafford. Not to mention, too, like I would have my concerns about him relating to his new teammates because he can't even do that with his own right now. Hi-oh! All right, moving on, on, Zeno. Another uh, Los Angeles Rams player, Aaron Donald. How much are you willing to give up to get Aaron Donald? Mortgage the farm for him. Still one of the top two or three best defensive players in the league. Went healthy. An absolute game wrecker, a game changer. The team that gets this guy, if they can get him, puts themselves in a Super Bowl conversation immediately. He's still the most unblockable player in the National Football League. Sell the farm. I think you're still very much afraid of Aaron Donald. No matter what happens with the Rams this year, it's not going to be Aaron Donald's fault. So, yeah, if the Rams are in the cellar and I'm in a position where I feel like I'm a mover, a player away from really doing something serious, I, I sell the farm for Aaron Donald. I'm interested in him. All right, Zaz, a player that's been in the news a lot this offseason, Jonathan Taylor. What are you willing to give up to get Jonathan Taylor? Is he worth a one? Well, it depends on your team, all right? And when I say that, it's because we know what the professional football economy is these days when it comes to running backs. We don't want to pay the running backs, but I'm willing to pay the running back if I have one of those young quarterbacks that's still in his uh, you know, first contract and I'm getting the value at the quarterback position, I'll pay a little bit more for another position. So I would potentially be willing to give up something big for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I wouldn't give anything for him. At this rate, he's going to hit free agency. There, no running back right now in the NFL has ever put a team over the top to win a Super Bowl. So I'm not giving up a lot. Regardless of what Jonathan Taylor and the rest of the running backs think and the rest of the world thinks about the position of running backs, there's a reason why they lost value. It's a passing league. A running back is a commodity that you can live without, and we've seen it time and time again, that you don't need a high-level running back to win a Super Bowl. Go see the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, Zeno, I'll give you another play here. Let's stay on the offensive side of the ball. Devontae Adams. How much you willing to give up for Devontae Adams? You giving up a one for him? I'd give away one of my twins to get Devontae Adams on my team. Wow. That's good value. I mean, 
Well, it depends on which one you get, actually. Um, but, but that's a different conversation. So, yeah, he, look, he's best hands in the NFL. Top three route runner. Absolutely changes your offense. Nearly unguardable on the defensive end. If Devontae Adams is available for somebody to go get, yeah, I'd give you, I'd give you a first and a third for him easily. I might even consider a first and a second for that guy. He's, he can change your entire offense that easily. Absolutely, I'm going all in for Devontae Adams. If he were to become available, things really go awry there in Vegas, and you're in a position where you could afford him under the salary cap. Adding a guy like Devontae Adams in the middle of the season would be so exciting. Yes, I would absolutely go all in for him. All right, one more, fellas. Another wide out. Mike Evans in Tampa. Zaz, how much you willing to give up for uh, Mike Evans? Can you can you get a one for Mike Evans in Tampa? What do you think? No, no, you can't give a you can't give up a one for Mike Evans. But I don't think you know if the Buccaneers tank it this year, which is certainly possible. I don't think it would take that much to acquire Mike Evans. And especially think about Mike Evans, man. This really is one of the more consistently solid, reliable wide receivers in the National Football League that no one really talks about. I don't think it would take a ton to get Mike Evans. I would very much be interested in him, Mark. At his age, I don't think he can give up one. He's still a great receiver. He's still incredibly tough to defend at his size. I just don't think he can give up a one for him, given his age. A two, maybe, maybe a conditional later pick if they really wanted a sweetener. But I think you go get him. I think he can make yeah. put you over the top if you're a team that's in wide receiver need. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, that kind of just depends on which team looks for him. Good job there, Shannon. So there you go. Some players who maybe would be available come, you know, October-ish trade deadline. All right, there you have it. Coming up, the Bucks. They are not going to be great this season. Look, Bucks are not going to be any good this season. Let's be honest. But which NFC team is the biggest threat to the Eagles and 49ers. You're listening to Canty and Carlin. That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. 
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Zaslow and Zinno here with you filling in for the guys. You can always tweet at us. I'm at Zaslow Show. He is at Mark Zinno. So, we had news earlier, and we'll get back to some of it, but coming out of the Colts with Chris Ballard addressing the media about Jonathan Taylor, Joe Burrow back at practice here today. We heard a little bit from Jamar Chase earlier. Obviously, we got to mix in some Jets talk. We did that as well, but... Now, when we look at the NFC, everybody would agree the Eagles and 49ers are at, are the class of the conference. Eagles and 49ers are up at the very top. All right, we're talking rematch of last year's NFC Championship game, except this time the San Francisco 49ers, they have themselves a quarterback in Brock Purdy. But the question when it comes to the NFC is, who is the next team? All right. Who is the third team in the NFC? We all agree it's Eagles and Niners 1 and 2. Put them in whatever order you want, I suppose. But who is the third team, Mark Zinno? And is that third team even within shouting distance of the Eagles and 49ers? I, I hate to make this question more difficult than it is, but go on. There's, there's two different things here. Like, if you're asking me from a team standpoint, who is the roster I'd worry about the most, 1 through 53, that could upset either one of those teams? That's probably the Dallas Cowboys. In fact, it is the Dallas Cowboys. They have 1 through 53. You could argue it might be a better roster than than the 49ers. I mean, really, you can. Uh, And probably equal to the Eagles. Now, does that mean they can beat them in a one-game sample in the postseason? No, it doesn't. If you're asking me what a team that's a threat to do that, that may be more likely, maybe more able to do that, you know, I mean, I would argue, I would want to say a team like the Vikings because their offense is so prolific. That's totally the team that I was going to go with is Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, it's just exactly the team. That's the one team I think with an offense that good. I mean, you know, after you get past the running game, you still got to deal with Justin Jefferson. After you get past him, you still got to deal with rookie Jordan Addison, who is the Blitnikoff winner. And then after you get to those two, you still got to deal with TJ Hawkinson, one of the biggest, most physical tight ends in all of football. They have an embarrassment of riches, and offensively, they can hang with anybody in this league. You know, I'd love to find another great defense in the NFC, but I don't think it's there. So you have to look at offenses that are going to be able to click. That's totally the team for me is Minnesota. You look over a 17-game sample size. Yeah, the the Vikings are very likely not even close to those top two teams there. I don't even know that the Vikings are the third best team in the NFC. 
I think it's probably the Dallas Cowboys. But if I'm just talking about a one-off, I'm talking about one game. Can I see the Vikings against be it the 49ers in the playoffs or against the Eagles in a playoff game? Is that the game where you just can't cover Justin Jefferson, who I think we all think is the best wide receiver in football? Kirk Cousins, by the way, you know, the way nobody ever talks about Kirk Cousins, you would think he's a bum. I'm not saying he's great, but Kirk Cousins is consistently a guy who throws between 26 and 30 touchdowns every single season. Now, you're going to have some games, and I know we make fun, you know, we bust on him for road woes, primetime games. He's not good in those spots. Okay, that's fine. But at the end of the season, you look at the numbers, and man, another really solid year, a reliable year out of Kirk Cousins. But for me, and you see TJ Hawkinson earlier today signed a monster deal, set the market. He's now the highest paid tight end in the history of tight ends. So we know he's a major threat. He's probably going to be their second option as far as the passing game goes this year. But in a one-game sample, Mark, yeah, I could see Minnesota. Wow, Dallas, uh, excuse me, San Francisco, Philadelphia, they just could, they didn't know what to do with Justin Jefferson, couldn't stop him, Vikings beat them. I could see it happening. Yeah, again, it's, I don't think it's as far-fetched uh, as people think. There are other good offenses in the NFC. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just wish I found another defense that was comparable to Dallas or San Fran or the Eagles, for that matter. And it's I don't pretty know wild, the disparity one. with AFC. and that. There's so many good teams in the AFC. With the NFC, it is a struggle to find four good teams. It really is. Yeah, I mean, I, I think these things will materialize much better than what people give them credit for. Um who knows what the Giants are? Who knows what the Seahawks are? A lot of questions around all these teams here, Zaz. Yeah. You're listening to and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. So like I mentioned, you get some news coming across. We are just a week away from week one. You got Chiefs-Lions Thursday night football next week. Some of the news that came out earlier today, should Joe Burrow play before signing a new deal? Next on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.